Okay, welcome back to the Author Speaker Podcast. Org. I'm your host, Steve Siebel. Remember to subscribe to the podcast by going to authorspeakerpodcast.org. Authorspeakerpodcast.org. Subscribe. We'll send you an email once a week when the show comes out so you don't miss a single episode. Okay, today is one of my favorite topics. It's a question I get all the time from speakers at National Speaker Association. I get calls from people at Toastmasters. You name it. This has been going on for 15 years. And they say, how do you get so much publicity. <laughs> I remember I bumped into Les Brown, the great keynote speaker. Uh, we did a movie together years ago called Beyond the Secret. It was the, the follow-up to the movie The Secret. And I was not in The Secret, but my friend Bob Proctor was in, and he recommended me for the follow-up, and uh, which was Beyond the Secret. And Les Brown was in The, in the Secret. And I mean, in, in, the, in the Beyond the Secret with me. And so we were we were at, at Royce Hall at UCLA. We were about to go on. We were being interviewed by Lisa Gibbons from Entertainment Tonight. There were 2,000 people at Royce Hall there at UCLA. It was Bob Proctor was with us. Everyone was in the, that was in the movie, there were 10 of us. Uh, Mary Morrissey was in the movie with us um, and Les Brown. And so Les and I kind of worked together because we were sitting together on stage at Royce Hall when they were broadcasting. We did 18-camera shoot. 18, can you imagine 18 cameras on a stage? I'd never, I've had a lot of cameras on very big stages before from, during my career. Never 18. It was a $7 million production for one night. Can you imagine that? $7 million. It was a Hollywood deal. You know, they thought The Secret made a fortune, of course. Beyond The Secret did not make a fortune, but they thought it was going to. And we were supposed to be on Larry King Live and Oprah and all these different shows. And so it really had a big, big press. Anyway, long, I'm off my subject here. But so I saw Les backstage and... We were kind of preparing together, uh, rehearsing for the for the it was the opening at Royce Hall, and then it was going into movie theaters all over the U.S. and Canada that night, and uh, which it did, and uh, so that was kind of the kickoff. And Lisa Gibbons from Entertainment Tonight was interviewing us, and I was sitting next next to Les. So Les and I were were, were talking, and one of the things he said to me he says, "How do you get so many TV shows? Every time I, I travel all over the country, everywhere I go, I read you in a newspaper, I see you in a magazine, I see you on TV." He goes. I think I'm a much bigger name than you are. I got a bigger fan base, way bigger. I've been in the business way longer than you. I, you get so much more. You get more publicity than when I know in the business. And I said, I do. I really do. He goes, how do you do it? I go, it's a system. He goes, really? He goes, what's a system? And, uh, and I said, well, if you really want to know, he goes, I want to know. And so I told him. And I'll, so I'll tell you what I told him. I'll give you the basic of it. Of course, there's more to it than it sounds. But, but it's not rocket science at the same time. Uh, we have a program where my publicist teaches this. It's called the Serban School of Media. You can check it out. It's a video training program he did here at the Bone Allen Mansion a few years ago, uh, right before COVID. And uh, he teaches the system. And this is what he taught to me over the last 15 years is how we, got, we get so much publicity. It's insane. I do three television shows a day sometimes and, um, and lots of you know other things, magazines, newspapers. I mean, I just did one for Success Magazine the other day and... You know, it goes on and on. But but there's a system. It's not because, obviously, I'm not the, the most famous speaker in the world. Um, I'm in the non-celebrity category like most speakers. You know, we're celebrities in our own mind. But unfortunately, that's it. And so uh, the general public doesn't know us, but just our fan base. But so how does a non-celebrity speaker, which, again, covers most people, if you're Tony Robbins, it's different. You know, he's a quasi I would even say he's probably a public, you know, he is a public celebrity, I suppose, at this point. Uh, I was going to say quasi, but not really. He really is a public celebrity at this point. Um, he could he can, he can, could get a lot more media probably if he wanted it. Probably doesn't need it. But uh, there are some speakers that have gotten to that public level. Not too many, but a few. 
but the rest of us are non-celebrity. So how do you get it? Here's how you do it. I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. Now, the, if you really want to dig into this, you study the Buy the Urban School. It's a digital product. It's video. And go over it and over it and over it like five times before you launch your publicity campaign. Because I've gone over it a lot of times myself, even though Bruce is my publicist. If you want to hire a publicist, you can do that too, and they can do it for you if you can afford a publicist. Um, they're anywhere between, say, three and $10,000 a month, to give you an idea. Most of them suck. I, I, I hate to say that publicly, but I, I've... Bruce is a great publicist. I, I don't know that many that are. They talk a big game, but most of them don't deliver. Bruce does not talk a big game at all. He, I call him the librarian because he's so quiet. He's like he whispers when he almost when he talks to you, but he gets the job done. He's really good. And so anyway, so what's the system? The basic system is you have to attach your message. Your pitch is what they call it in media. Your pitch as a speaker, or your pitch for your book, or your pitch for uh, your program, whatever it is, to a current news cycle or something happening that the public cares about. Let me give you an example. So this last two weeks, we've done a pitch about how to navigate your finances through what we think will be an upcoming recession. Well, I have to have a book. I happen to have a book out I co-authored with Tom Matthews, a financial expert, in the last couple of years called How Money Works, Stop Being a Sucker. Well, the book has sold half a million copies. It's a very popular book. It's actually the best-selling personal finance book of uh, since 2020 in the United States. And so we've had a lot of success. So it's all over the place. It's still selling very well. And so the book, it's the the pitch that we, that we send to the media is about, is about, what to do during for to prepare for an upcoming recession and in the recession with your money, with your investments, all that kind of thing. Very basic, four or five minutes on TV, and that's it. The book is how they introduced me. That's my credibility. So it's not about the book itself. It's actually about something that's related to a news cycle or something happening in the news, which currently, partially, is uh, an upcoming or an impending, as a lot of people say, um, recession. Okay, so we tie it to what's happening. All right. Like, you know, I went I went on you know, all these shootings are going on right now in schools. Right. I mean, it's just horrific. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just horrible. And, you know, it's so politicized with guns and all the rest of it. And these poor little kids, little kids are terrified to go to school. We loved going to school. when We were little kids. I never was big into school. But when you're a little kid. It's fun to see your friends. And, you know, it's a lot of you know, recess rocks and you're playing football and kickball and dodgeball and every other kind of ball. You know, uh, we had a blast, man. Baseball. We still hockey floor. Floor hockey. We used to play floor hockey at school, and I loved all that stuff, man. I, I liked it for up to fifth grade. I thought school was a blast, and then uh, not so much after that. But but anyway, but these little kids, you know, they're terrified of being shot. We never, I mean, we never had thought that. We never had fences around our schools and all that. We never had guns, security guards at our school. You can't, the security guards were patrols, of which I was king of the patrols. They called them king of the patrols in fifth grade. I'm very proud of that. That's my. Number one academic accomplishment was being king of patrols in fifth grade. So I know you're impressed, uh, and, and everyone's impressed with that. Who wouldn't be? And, uh, and so we had the patrol belts on, and the patrols would go out when school let out, and, and you know you walk kids across the, the streets so they don't get hit by a car. And I love this girl named Sharice who was on my – I was king of patrols, and king of patrol goes around and checks all the 20 or so patrols and makes sure they're doing their job. It's a, it's a job you're voted in for. So I was pretty popular, so I went king of the patrol which was great for me because I could go see Sharice who didn't ever I don't think she ever liked me but I chased her for a few years and uh, so I used to go see her post they called it 
But on a serious note, there were no security guards. We were patrols. We were, you know, 10 years old. We didn't have people with guns. Nobody came in and shot you. Now these poor kids are, you know, you know the story. I won't go on. It's just depressing. But point is, when uh, in 2012, I had a book out called Sex, Politics, Religion, how delusional thinking is destroying America. It did not sell well. It's my worst selling book. It's the book I worked hardest on. I'm probably the most proud of, actually, of all the books, because it took me two years to write it. It was a bear to write. And um, and I, it was the book I decided, I promised myself I would write when I no longer needed money. When I know I could, I could, I could literally, you know, sell everything and retire. And in about 2010, that happened. So 2012, I wrote this book because I thought people are going to hate me for this book. But who cares? I don't need the money anymore. And so, uh, so which was a good thing because a lot of people did hate me after that book. But I was being honest, and I, I think it was pretty fair. And uh, anyway, that's my opinion. But so I wrote about gun control in the book, and you know. There's a lot of thoughts about that, and I won't get into that because that's not the point. But but anyway, but so I was going on the media talking about gun control, and then all of a sudden, Newtown happened. You know, when all the kids, the little kids got shot. This is 10 years ago, and I went in the press, and I went out there, and uh, it was by near Christmas, if you remember, and... Uh, and I went out there and I talked about it, you know, and I said, that, and I went out on Hardball with Chris Matthews. You can see it online at steveontv.com. Michael Smirkanish was the host. Chris Matthews was out of town. I did Chris Matthews' show many times, but Chris was out of town, a good guy, and uh, he's no longer on TV anymore, but he was really good. Uh, but Marcus Smirkanish is a good guy. I've done his show several times, and he was, he was guest hosting for Chris Matthews, and so he was on, and David Korn from Mother Jones Magazine was the, was the guest in studio in New York, and then I was remotely in Florida. And so they called me and said, look, you, you want to go on and talk about this? They said, what's your, what's your pitch? Remember now, this is a current event that's going on. The whole, now you get, now we have a school shooting and it's like, well, what, that was yesterday. What happened today? I mean, it happens all the time now. It's, it's just horrific. But back then it was even more rare. All these little kids got shot. And uh, the, so the producer of the show calls me and says, well, you know, what do you want to say, Steve? We know your book because I've been on that show, you know, and MSNBC a lot of times. And they said, so, and Chris Hardball, Chris Matthews. So they said, what do you want to say? And I said, I want to say, arm the teachers. Teach the teachers to hold a gun, just shoot a gun and have a gun with them. So if a guy comes in the room, they can defend their kids. And the guy said, you're going to, this is the producer of the show. He says, you're going to get killed. No pun intended. The audience is going to slaughter you. No pun intended. You're just going to, David Korn from Mother Jones Magazine is there. He's going to argue against you. Smirconish will probably argue against you. He said, I just don't want, I don't want you to get slaughtered. He goes, there's no point, Steve. He said, you sure you want to do this? And this is when now, of course, they arm teachers a lot of times. And so, and that's part of one of the strategies they use. I know it sounds terrible and I think it is terrible, but that was my only thing I could come up with. So he said, okay, let's go. So I went on. You can see it online if you want to see the interview. And I kind of did get, I kind of did get killed because anytime you debate someone like Dave, like Smirconish and David Corner in the studio, I've got a delay. I'm in, I'm in Palm Beach, Florida, and I'm on delay. There's a two, you know, there's like a one to two second delay and you can't argue with someone. That's, he can just turn to the host and say something and cut me off, which he was not bad. Actually, Corn wasn't that bad. Um, I've debated him before and since, but he's a pretty good guy. But we differ in a lot of things, but he's a good guy. He's fair. And Smirconish is fair. A lot of them aren't, um, especially on Fox, which I've done hundreds of times. But um, but anyway, uh, I got in and millions of people heard me say that I got death threats. I had all kinds of crazy emails you wouldn't believe. First person that called me as soon as I walked out of the studio was 
Brian Tracy. <laughs> Brian says, are you out of your mind? You're crazy. I saw you on you know, the show. And But the point of it was millions of people got to see me. Now, some, a lot of people thought I was a nut job. Now, of course, they aren't teachers. Now, now it's not a nut job. But when, when, when Smirconish said, do you really think it's a good idea to arm teachers? I said, no, it's a terrible idea. It's horrible. And, and, and you know, I said, but what else are we going to do? you got to protect these little kids. You can't just let someone walk in with a machine gun and mow them down. And you included as a teacher. And Corin, David Corn said, oh, what if, my, if I'm a teacher and I don't want to get certified? I don't want to shoot a gun. I'm afraid of guns. I don't want to shoot a gun. I go, then my kid ain't going to go to your class. And it really lit people up, is the point. And so we got, you know, they replayed the show a couple times on MSNBC. It got millions of, you know, millions of people saw it. And a lot of people hated me for it. But bottom line was that we tied it in to my book, my philosophy, and a current event. So think about what's going on right now. Think about what you write about. Think about your topic of expertise. And then pitch the media with your opinion as to... A resolution, a solution, a partial solution to what what you think they should do backed up by your book or whatever credibility you have. That's how you do it. You tie into what the public cares about. It's never about your book. Almost never. I guess if you're Tom Cruise, you have a brand new book and it sold a gazillion copies overnight, it might be about your book. It's usually not. It's what the public cares about. So you tie it in and then you send the pitch to the producer at the TV station. I do TV, a lot of TV. We've done a lot of everything, basically. I mean, honestly, but... I mean, I've done thousands and thousands of interviews over the 15, last 15 years, but i done, for this book, How Money Works, I've done, as of yesterday, I did the Paul Sand Show in Davenport, Iowa. I've done uh, 247 TV interviews for How Money Works, 247. Most of, most of them have been out of my office here at the Bone Allen Mansion because of COVID, and it's fantastic. I used to have to travel all over. Now, you don't have to do that anymore. Now, that's very acceptable. I don't even go downtown to downtown Atlanta do an uplink um, at PBS where I used to do the uplink downtown. I just do it on my computer on Zoom like everybody else. And now it's acceptable. So it's a, it's a much better opportunity and speakers don't do it. I never see speakers out there doing media like I do. It's crazy. And it's doable. It's, it's not because I have any special talent. I just know how the system works because I was taught by my publicist how to do it. And uh, so it's, it's a great opportunity. Speakers typically don't take advantage of it. There is one downside. There is one downside and that's it. I spoke about this at National Speaker Association. I don't know how many times I've spoken about this. I mean, I would say 25 or 30 times over the last 15 years. I've done, when I was chairman of the Million Dollar Speakers Group at, at NSA, National Speaker Association, I chaired that in 2011, and I did a whole session on it. I brought my publicist in and came to California. I think we were in San Francisco, I think we did the meeting or something like that. I think it was North, somewhere in North, I think it was San Francisco. Uh, San Jose, one of those two. And... Uh, Brian Tracy was there, and Harvey McKay was there, and Diana Boo was there, and you know Roxanne Emmerich, and these big time, all seven figure speakers and million dollar speakers group, and uh, and I brought, I think there were thirty nine of us in the room, I qualified that year out of five thousand people, and uh, and I brought Bruce in, I brought my publicist in, I said, guys, look at our numbers, we we tracked our numbers, we were we spent a hundred thousand dollars that year on publicity, and we made one point one million in, in business that came as a result. But there is, so all the upside we showed. And I said, there is one downside. Bruce, my publicist, tell him what it is. And Bruce said, you can't believe the criticism Seabold gets. He gets hammered. Now, that's back then. I don't do that much of that anymore. I've, I haven't written real controversial books in the last four or five years. Uh, I just took a different angle, different, different, um, a different uh, strategy. But 
four or five, you know, before that I was, I was getting hammered. He was right. I was getting hammered every day, but I was getting out to millions of people per year. So I was reaching more people, but I was getting criticized. So if you're a, if you, you know, I was going to say, if you're a wallflower, I hope you're not a wallflower, but uh, you know, you got to be able to take the heat because you're going to get it. They're crazy people out there. I mean, 20% of the population stone called nuts. I'm convinced of it because when you get out and you do as much publicity as I have, you'll get emails from people and they're, they're half out of their mind. I mean, they're nuts. There, there are, I, I don't know if it's 20%, but it's a decent percentage of the population. Look at the crazy stuff that's going on, you know, with the whole po- the political thing. Half these people still think this election was stolen, and there's absolutely zero evidence of it. People are nuts. I mean, they'll believe damn near anything. They're not stupid. They're just brainwashable. This is the reason for you know extreme religious sects, cults. People will believe almost anything if you program them hard enough, and, and some bully is loud enough and strong enough, like a Trump or someone like that, or a, you know any of these guys, a Jim Jones from from uh, you know the 70s and in the uh, 1970s, I guess it was the cult leader. You know all these different people. They people can be brainwashed. So you got crazy people out there that'll criticize the hell out of you. So if you're if you're if you're really easily offended, then don't do it. But um, but I would strongly recommend checking into publicity because speakers don't do it. I'm telling you, check it out. I'm on my own. I'm all, there's almost no one that gets publicity. I mean, I get more than any speaker in the country. There's no question about that. I get more press than Tony Robbins, and it's not because I'm better than Tony Robbins or bigger than Tony Robbins because I'm not even a fraction as big as Tony Robbins. Right? Um, he has a fan. His fan fan base in Florida is bigger than my fan base in worldwide, probably. Okay, that's not the point. The point he could do it if he wanted to. I'm not saying he couldn't, but he doesn't. I got far more publicity. Okay. Now he doesn't need it as much, of course. But my point is is that if you're strategic about it, you can get it. You don't have to be Tony Robbins, you know, or someone of that magnitude like that, because I'm not. But I know the system. I know how it works and I work the system and I do it at least five days a week. You know, the press just is, if you want to see the press, if you want to see my last couple hundred TV shows, go to steveontv.com, steveontv.com. And we post all the different cities around the world that we do the shows, mostly in the, mostly in the States. And, um, and you can see, you can get an idea of, of, of how, you know, how many uh, are out there and they're looking for guests. So consider it, consider it because it's a really big deal and there's no competition, man. It's unbelievable. All right. So with that, I'll wrap it up. Remember to go to authorspeakerpodcast.org, sign up, subscribe to the show. We'll send you an email every week. We do the episode once a week and I'm just going to keep giving you information that we used to sell for a bunch of money and now we give it for free on this podcast, hoping to help you out, get your career kicked off or get you making more money than uh, you know, more money as you as you want to grow your your speaking business and your and your and your writing business as well. So with that, thanks for watching, listening. I'm Steve Seabolt. See you next time.